Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome to our Ohioan. Uh, it's our midweek show, and we've got a full. I mean, I'm looking at my screen. We got people all over the place, which is outstanding. Uh, we got lots of guests here tonight. I'm excited to be here with my co-host Craig. Uh, Craig, we got Allison Ward from the Columbus Dispatch. Welcome back, Allison. Hello. Glad I, to be here. I, I wanted to talk to you about something else than eating cicadas. I enjoyed our conversation before, <laughs> before but I was just. I, I was grossed out. And I know you were eating cicadas. You were a story about eating cicadas. Or people who like to eat cicadas or suggesting it. But we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, we've got Chris Rupp from uh, Chris's uh, Comics, right? Yeah, it's from Rupp's Comics. Oh, Rupp's Comics. I saw I saw something on the internet for Chris's Comics. I'm like, that's not good. That's not the Chris we know. So, No, it's I, not. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. Uh, this has been a very busy day. I just got back from a little vacation, but uh, I had to wake up this morning at 6 a.m. and check out Loki. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so today was the, the season finale of um, season one. Um, Allison, have you checked out Loki? I haven't checked out yet. I, I have, but am I just going to hear spoilers the whole time? Uh -oh. Okay. We haven't watched this week. We almost stayed up till midnight to watch it, but we knew the toddler would be up. Yes, we are very, very into the Marvel universe. Very Loki is one of my favorite characters from the Marvel universe, so it's been it's been super fun watching it. Well, let's do this. Chris doesn't have a lot of time, so let's focus on the Ohio connection. So yeah. we don't spoil for Allison or That'll be the real problem. Right. Well, hey, our, our own Craig wrote a story that um, got shared around Ohio and in Cincinnati um, about Loki. Um, and Chris, you talked to Craig for that story. Uh, tell us, Ohio got mentioned in the finale, as well as Tiny Little Freedom, Ohio. What, what happened there? Without, without any spoilers for Allison. So, so, Alice, I'm sorry, and anybody who's listening, there's little minor spoilers here. Oh, that in one of the opening scenes, I'd say it's about six minutes in. They actually it it goes. They jump to a scene with uh, B fifteen, who is the one of the TVA agents, and it right across the screen it says Fremont, Ohio, or two thousand eighteen. Whoa! And it's like it's a high school, and so they do a whole scene that's set in Fremont, Ohio. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's about the extent. Unless you want me to go into more detail, it doesn't really reveal anything. You could go; it's fine. Allison's giving me a look. I don't want. I, I, no, we're good. I'm scared. I okay. mean, there's the uh, I'm someone who reads stuff before, anyway. So, okay. okay. Yeah, like it was a scene with Gugu Mbatha Raw, and uh, if I pronounce her name right, okay. Um, and it basically was just a, a, a great scene that was set in Fremont, Ohio. Um, it definitely wasn't filmed in Fremont as much as we no, hope it was. Right. No, I mean, from what I've been able to figure out, um, Salvatore Vallone is the editor on the Loki series, and he's from Fremont, Ohio, and his family okay. is still here. His dad is uh, a local doctor. And uh, so my assumption is, is that they basically, they needed, hey, we need a name for this city that we're going to set this scene in. And he said, let's use my hometown. Okay. Well, it was just a great, but it, it was great to see this, you know, Fremont, Ohio is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Yes. You know, it's official canon. If you Google <laughs> Fremont, Ohio and Marvel, this yep. is going to pop up. Not just my story, but the fact that Fremont, Ohio gets a title card in 
Loki. So it's kind of a cool little thing, you know, and, and small little Fremont gets its uh, time in the sun today, which is nice. How do you think Salvatore uh, pulled it off? Did he, did he order it? Did he make the card himself? <laughs> Were they trying to keep was, him happy? Or He was or? probably one of the guys in charge of, you know, it was, it was literally one of those. It's like, hey, we need to pick a city, and as long as nobody's you know, has a problem with this, let's use okay. it. And that, because it, it definitely didn't, they, it took place at Franklin Delano Roosevelt High School, and so which does not exist in Fremont. Right. So okay. It, it was just it was just a real, I think, one of those things that just worked out really well. So, so if me or Allison was the editor, we, we could put Columbus, Ohio, and probably get away with it, right, since we're the editor. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> okay. All right. Very interesting. So it's a nice small little Easter egg, Chris. It's it's okay. a nice you know a nice little homage to to him as the editor, but also mm -hmm. a little a little Easter egg. And and I'm sure that you know most people probably thought, what's Fremont, Ohio? So maybe they Google it, and maybe they come across the story that we wrote today, or maybe they just uh, figure out that uh, you know Valone was a, an editor on the series along with some other Marvel projects. And it's just kind of a nice little small, very minute Easter egg, but kind of one that's cool for, you know, Chris and I, because we're in Fremont. We, you know, he lives there and works there, has a business there. I cover, you know, stuff for the paper. So, you know, it's just kind of a nice little Easter egg for both of us to, to kind of uh, giggle at, I guess you could say. And well, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I mean, not to, not to toot my own horn, but uh, my Instagram post, he actually saw that he liked it. I, I took Whoa. a screen, I took a screen capture and then it says, uh, Salvatore, I think D Valone. Or okay. alone is it was like I was like wow was, so he, he somehow saw it you know I tagged Fremont Ohio in it and everything so maybe he actually checked to see if anybody did. Does he work for other Marvel movies? He's done. He worked on Avengers Endgame, uh, okay. others. I think also wasn't he on Space Jam? The upcoming Space Jam? Did you yeah, say he was the first wow. assistant editor on Space Jam. I looked at his IMDb and, and put some of that in my story that I wrote. Um, yeah, he's got a, a nice little impressive list of uh, of screen credits so far. He worked in the visual department there for Endgame. Uh, he did Space Jam as a first assistant editor. Um, I think his first uh, real start was uh, Edge of Darkness, the Mel Gibson movie from 2010. So that's where he got kind of broke into Hollywood a little bit. But yeah, he's he's he did the episodes for Loki. So kind of a cool little, uh, I did not realize that, you know, someone in Fremont was, uh, you know, making it like that in Hollywood. So it's great to see too. Well, you got to flex your pop culture muscles, Chris. You've got to get this Salvatore to come back to Fremont, do something at Rupp's Comics. Wouldn't that be great? I totally agree with that. He signed some autographs there. Have him appear on the show. It'd be great for us too. Let's, I, I, let's I'm already reached out to him in that. So I, I did talk to one of my customers who is related to him, I believe. Okay. So we might actually have a you know that connection. Does Maybe he come back? Maybe a cough or something, and you can go see his dad at the at the hospital <laughs> and. Uh, you know, mention mention getting him on the you know getting at the comic book store while oh, getting yeah. some, you know getting a prescription for you know cough medicine or something. I mean, does he come back to Fremont or that? I don't know. I, I don't sure. personally know him. Um, I know of Doctor Valone, but I I don't even know his father. So, but I'm definitely going to be reaching out and uh, see yeah. what we can do. And if he comes back to Fremont, because I think he's he's based, I believe, in L.A. and that, but I know he's currently out. Out of the country, I believe, for another project. Okay. Well, at least if he's putting Fremont on the screen, you know, in the finale, I mean, I'm sure he's not anti-Fremont. I mean, he likes his home city. He wanted to give him some support. Fascinating. And then, uh, Craig, you wrote about Ohio's references. I mean, there's some other Marvel movies in the Cleveland area. Mm -hmm. They're actually filmed there. Yeah, I mean, the the first Avengers from 2012, um, you know, a lot of that might have seemed like they were in New York City, which is where it's set, but they filmed in Cleveland. It's a little cheaper to, to film and easier to film, not as much traffic, a little bit easier tax credits and breaks, things like that. Um, it was funny, you know, I was talking, we were talking, I was talking to Chris this morning for the, for the uh, story that I wrote, and I, I kind of realized as I was, um, you know, thinking about things that, there was a Sandusky, Ohio reference. I live in Sandusky, of course. Sandusky's only a half hour away from Fremont. There was a Sandusky reference in uh, No Sudden Move, the new Steven Soderbergh movie that's on HBO Max 
uh, where they talk about where they could potentially live in fleeing Detroit, and Sandusky was one of the cities. So Ohio seems to be sort of the uh, the breeding ground, I think, for films, whether it's references or um, you know filming there because of the you know the the friendly tax credits and tax breaks that so many studios are looking for. Uh, I know Atlanta, Georgia is a huge area for people to film in. Uh, but Chris was talking about uh, Black Widow, where uh, Scarlett Johansson's character and her sister slash you know you know understudy Yelena are actually sleeper cell agents that were stationed in Ohio. They didn't necessarily say where in Ohio, but that was another reference. Uh, Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, uh, also was filmed in um, in Ohio in Cleveland. Uh, but then looking at some of the other IMDb credits, uh, you know, Chris pointed out too in my neck of the woods at Plum Brook uh, NASA facility, that's where they shot essentially the very first Avenger scene where Loki uh, steals the Tesseract and uh, flees. Uh, so that was filmed at the uh, the NASA facility here in uh, in Plum Brook and uh, Perkins Township. So a lot of cool things going on. Ohio just seems to be a nice little area. It mimics New York City very well in the building structure and, and sort of the street layouts. So it's kind of become a, a nice little uh, place for people to film. And, you know, I was asking Chris, you know, selfishly, we'd love to see somebody come and film in Fremont. You know, if you're, if you're going to name drop Fremont in the uh, cinematic right. universe, you might as well have Loki season two come on location. Hey, we, we might see more Franklin Delano Roosevelt high school. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, are we, were, what did you think of the finale? Are fans going to be, Happy with it or disappointed or? I think they're mostly going to be happy. There's a lot of exposition in this one. I mean, yeah. it, there is a lot. It, it is not a, where the previous episode was much more action. This is laying the groundwork for phase four, phase five of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I did not expect. Yeah. Um, I, I was, we'll probably we'll watch it as soon as the little one goes to bed. At, like nine yeah, I know, that's why I wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I heard they already got renewed, so they're probably setting up yes. for more seasons, right? Yeah. Well, season we, we got coming. It sounds okay. like, um, uh, even though it wasn't revealed before today, it sounds like uh, Tom Hiddleston is returning as Loki for Doctor Strange 2, which comes out in March, um, okay. and is also supposed to deal with the ramifications from what happens in the finale of this episode. Well, right now it's a cash cow. I mean, Disney Plus has got to be doing okay. everything now. It's crazy. And, you know, also, I was thinking this is kind of strange. Um, you know, North, North, Northern Ohio, Cleveland areas had their fair share of movies. Cincinnati, I read in the Inquirer, they have a lot of movies down there. Have we had a movie here in Columbus? I'm trying to think of one. There been a few, since I've been at the paper, which has been nine years, there's been a few. There was there the big to-do a while ago was that there was a John Travolta movie filmed. Oh, like okay. but it ended up going straight to DVD. Was Whoa. it Gotti? Was it Gotti? That sounds, it sounds familiar. It might have been. And there might've been one other in my time here that some small scene, but like, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a place. And I don't know, I don't know why, um, because I know that they've tried to do things like with the, tax credits in the film commission. Yeah. Like that was one of the reasons for creating a film commission was to get like more movies made here and stuff. But yeah, there hasn't been a ton. Well, I mean, Cleveland works so well because it's that old city feel. And that's why New okay. York, they were able to where what it costs, I know for the first Avengers movie, what it costs for them to shut down an entire street in the middle of the day in New York city oh. is off the charts. But to go in and do Euclid Avenue, and that, which looks very much like a New York City street, it, it cost them all. The city's basically given it to them. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I, there were scenes where I saw where they show subway entrances, and all it is is literally the the fence, and that sit right on top of the sidewalk. They just film it at an angle that you don't actually see the stair where the stairs would be going down. Um, well, good. Well, we got to help our guy Mike Dewine now. I mean, you know. <laughs> He's trying to get well, let's get Dan Tierney back on and talk to him, yeah, him a little bit and get some, yeah. uh, you know, Avengers down in Columbus or something. Yeah, how do we get more movies here in Columbus, not the straight to DVD ones? Um, I, yeah, it, it was funny. Um, Mansfield did some Faith movie that I know uh, Kevin Sorbo was in, and it was, yeah, I tweeted from my Twitter account. I've been getting mentions every day from people yelling about Faith and movies and. 
do media cover face, and I'm about ready just to delete the tweet. I'm like, hey, I just want clicks. <laughs> Stop yelling at me about face and movies. It was really weird. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're over in um, like an hour east of us, I believe, uh, near Wellington or that. They're filming a new Adam Driver movie. Really? Right now. What? You know, so you'd be surprised what, you know, I mean, just location, you get these scouts out there that, uh, you know, they, they look at locations, whether it's maybe by the lake or whatever. I think the lake is an attractive piece for for other things other than Avengers movies. That's maybe why Cleveland, along with like what Chris said with the old city feel, because they also had, you know, Cleveland double as uh, Stuttgart, Germany as well, which, wow. you know, in, in the first Avengers movie, when Loki and Captain America kind of go at it for the first time. So, you know, it's a it's a versatile city. I think Columbus is is sort of a nice versatile city too, but maybe that having that lake for some of the smaller independent movies where you're looking for, you know, beach scenes or, you know, cold mm-hmm. scenes around the area. I don't know, maybe it just uh, I I can imagine the tax credits are as good for Columbus as they are in Cleveland, but you know, I think the last time I remember a movie that was set in Columbus that didn't actually film in Columbus was uh, Ready Player 1 which is Steven Spielberg's, you know, science fiction fantasy epic. That was, you know, not shot there, but it was supposed to be, you know, futuristic Columbus, like 2046 or whatever. And that was probably the last time I can remember Columbus taking, like, you know, taking center stage in the film world. We've got coffee shops. We've got the state house, the big lawn in front of there. Also, what else do we have here that we can shoot? Uh, I don't we know. don't have a lake, but we got other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to look up a Joe Blundo column. He wrote a column when Ready Ready Player One came out, and I think it was like a list of here's all the movies that have been, or you know, a a number of the films. I was looking that up to see. Um, Very good. Well, well, Chris, thanks. We want to make sure you've got a lot going on, Chris. You're a busy guy, which is good. It's going to be busy. Uh, give us a plug. Plug anything on the business you got free out here. Uh, what, what can you plug that's going on at Rupp's Comics? So we've got uh, coming up next month, August 14th, is our po- or post-pandemic pre-comic book day, which is celebrated around the world. Uh, so Saturday, August 14th, all day, pre-comic book day. You show up and get free comics. Plus, we will have a guest artist in here. He's an actual artist that works for Lucasfilm doing Star Wars work. Um, and he'll be signing his exclusive comic that he did for us. Very good. Well, well Chris, thanks so much. Thank you for being this uh, resource that we can go to. Um, check out um, Rump's Comics. Uh, I, I see you're active on social media, so follow him if you haven't already. And um, check, support local journalism. We're going to talk to Alex and Ward in a second. Uh, but, you know, Craig did a story talking to Chris. Um, support local journalism. A lot of fun stuff going out there. So, Oh, well, Chris, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. Come back soon. All right. Thanks. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And it's if we want to talk comics, movies, TV shows, any of that stuff, I'm always up for that. Fantastic. We'll take yeah. you up on that. Hey, thanks, thanks Chris. Have thanks a great you. day. You guys too. Bye-bye. All right. The great Chris Rupp from Rupp's Comics. And... Very good. Um, Allison, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate no, it. Uh, I'm glad know, I could at least contribute to the first topic. <laughs> I, I, yeah, definitely appreciate it. We've been, um, and just so people know what's happening, we've been recording, oh, geez, what's it, like four or five days a week when we started this. Now we're recording Wednesday night for most of the week. So we're having shows that we can uh, share across the week. So, Allison, I appreciate you coming on. And thanks for the flexibility. Sometimes guests come and go, but we appreciate that. So, Allison, you write features from the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, we talked to you a couple weeks ago about the cicadas. Any response from the story? I think the cicadas are mostly gone by now, right? I didn't get any response from the actual story, but really? I think, like, after the podcast ran, I had someone on LinkedIn of all places. Like, I saw it, like, two weeks later. Like, wow. Checks that regularly. Sent we just it said cicadas question mark seriously question mark so i you know but other than that i didn't get any response from the people well even if of course i don't respond to that because i'm like i'm question yes yeah pretty bad when they're starting to troll you on linkedin nowadays that's exactly what i thought i was like send me an email my email's at the end of every story i write (laughs) i I think i shared on linkedin so 
I'm not sure if they anybody connected. Well, yeah. still though, like of all of all the places to have a troll, LinkedIn <clears> is the last place funny. you would expect. I mean, come on. It was a smart troll, like a troll that made <laughs> over a hundred thousand. You know, I, you know, sometimes the Facebook trolls aren't the. I don't know. I'm getting myself in trouble, but a very intelligent troll, I'll put it like that. So, no, no. very good. But let's show them our parsley results. My goodness, every time we've written about cicadas, yeah, we get mocked for it, but a lot of people read it. So, you know, yep. you, you hate read these stories. You say, oh, I never cicada story. Like, I read it. It's good. So, well, I wanted to talk to you about some of the things you've got going on as of late. I, I was fascinated. We're like, man, what should we talk with Allison about? And I looked at some recent stories you did and some stuff you're looking at. I want to start out by this. I, as guys, we suck in society. And I'll point the finger at us. We discriminate so much on, at women based on their weight. And I like this story that you wrote because you talked about a program that seemed to address it a little bit. It's called the Fat Babes Club in Columbus that yeah, but it's all, it's supposed to be gender neutral. Like it is a, mostly women, but it's supposed to be men too. Babes to them was a really? gender neutral word, which okay. I didn't quite agree with. But yeah, it's supposed to be open to everyone. And it's kind of addressing, um, yeah, just people discriminate. I mean, people discriminate against all sorts of things, but just, you know, okay. people being discriminated are marginalized because of their weight, you know? So it was, it was a very, um, it was a weekend assignment. It's not always fun to work on the weekends, but I was super glad to go and had a blast at their pool party. I went and hung out and talked to all sorts of people that were there. And they all seemed very grateful to have the opportunity to be there, to be themselves, to not have to worry about, you know, it's a really judgment-free zone. Um, you know, everyone just having fun. It's not anyone talking about. And, you know, I think every, everyone can take some lessons away, whether you're big oh, or not, yeah. you know, just like, be confident in who you are and, you know, don't judge other people for what they look like and, you know, wear the bikini, like life's right. too short, jump in the pool. <laughs> well, so, okay. As a guy, I mean, uh, well, what constitutes, I mean, people could say fat in a bunch of different ways. I mean, you could weigh 500 pounds and go, oh, I'm fat. I should go to this club. Or there might be some of weighs 150 pounds. Say, oh, I'm five pounds overweight for my size. Do they take anybody in? No matter. Yeah. Who? Okay. Yeah, really. And it and it's you know, it, and they talk about they had you know really thin people there that they talk about. These are our thin allies. Like they oh, okay. they help us. You know, I wanted to research that term a little bit more about, but some one of the founders was talking about like, like oh this is so and so she's one of our thin allies that you know i think just helps the movement of you know just it's even like a step further than body positivity it's not it's it's yes be comfortable in your own skin no matter what your weight is but it's like a step further of like we shouldn't discriminate people for for their weight like they, they talked to me a lot about the founders that one of the biggest questions they that they get from people on Instagram, you know, they've kind of created a community on social media is that where can I find a, a doctor that's going to oh, not okay. discriminate against my weight or not going to make fun of me or not going to spend the whole appointment talking about my weight and what I need to do about my weight, like in actually addressing some of my, and I thought that was really telling, like, you know, that these people, they can't even find a doctor that will help them because of their weight. And um, that to me was kind of telling of, of, of the need and the, and the tickets sell out. Um, they sold out their, their July um, 31st pool party, um, 200 tickets. They sold out in five minutes. So right. it's something yeah. that people are, you know, interested in and they create a really nice environment. Like, and it's fun. Like they have a DJ playing, they have heart seltzers flowing. They have um, tons of floaties all around the pool, you know, so it's just a fun vibe. And like, I think one of the people there, she's like, you don't always get these fun vibes when when you're fat, especially at, the, at some some place like the pool during the summer. So, very interesting. How many guys do you think were there? I mean, estimate. I'm sure you didn't count, but I mean, not that many. There was maybe 10, 15 out of the group, and you know, some of them were friends, some of them were partners, some of them were husbands. Um, so yeah, it was just it, you know, it was ma mostly women, but they do try to say you know, whatever your gender. You know, identity is they, they accept their accepting of it. So, but I think it's you know a little more needed for women just in general too, like you alluded to in the beginning. You know, um, I think most men don't care, 
Vegas will wear their, they might be, but they'll, they'll wear their, they'll wear their speedo wherever they want to go or their, their, their um, shirts off and stuff like that. So. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, Craig and I shouldn't go there to pick up women. We're married, but man, Craig, if we're single. I, yeah. And you'll, I mean, man, the ratio is pretty high. I mean, you know, you walk in there, <laughs> you know, they're fighting over you, I bet, right? Well, you know, one thing that I noticed about the photos attached to the story were, were just all the smiles on everybody's faces. It yeah. seems like, and I'm sure, Allison, you can speak to the energy there, but it seems like because everybody was able to come together, let loose, and be themselves, that maybe the confidence and maybe just everybody having a great time, maybe they just leave this this event or all the events that they attend just feeling better about themselves in general, too, I would imagine. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think that's like why people are so anxious or so wanting to go because of um, like I left there smiling. And I I think that quote was in the story, like the, some girl that I was talking to just kind of stopped in the middle of us talking. She's like, oh, my God, look at everyone smiling around here. Yeah. And you can definitely see in the photos and, uh, you know, I follow um, Fat Babes Club of Columbus on Instagram. And like throughout the whole week after they just kept posting, reposting oh, yeah. people and they're they're thank yous and they're like i had so much fun like i can't wait to come back so um yeah and like i said they, they do they do more than the pool parties that's kind of like their marquee event but they um do um I, I don't remember if they called it fat yoga or something but they did they do like yoga classes because like going into the the um founders said that they just kind of they try to pick events um or venues that like they've felt uncomfortable going because of their weight or an activity that they wanted to try, but like didn't know how to do it because of their weight. They're like, yeah. that's the type, like I'm intimidated to go to a yoga class. So let's have a yoga class or like, okay. how could I get on roller skates? Like at my size, let's go roller skating. So they kind of try to pick events that them in their personal lives. Um, Cause there's four founders that, you know, they've kind of struggled to, to go to or try. So. So it sounds like it's a mix of, okay, I'm overweight. I, I want some good advice on how to lose weight. You can probably find some weight loss tips there. But plus, I don't, I don't think they talk about that much at all. I don't think really? that's okay. That, yeah, that's not the 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 goal is to be your weight and okay, you know, be yourself. Like obviously, if you want to lose weight, lose weight. But it's I think it's it's not. I don't think weight loss is talked about at all because that's not. So, not. so they're not discouraging. They're not like, hey, here's. Eat a pizza, gain more weight, but it's more of they're not going to push just, you to say, hey, you better lose some weight or else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just in the middle. Very interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Well, it's probably something, too, that that really everybody just has to probably come together and love because we've been in this pandemic now for more than a year. And this is probably a, an opportunity now for, for everybody in this group to get out and actually get back to society and have that social interaction that they've, they've so sorely missed, I would imagine. Yeah. They started kind of right before the pandemic too. They had had like two part, two pool parties, like the summer of 2019 and a couple events, you know, the, you know, winter and fall or fall and winter, you know, into 2020 and then everything stopped and they couldn't do anything. And this was kind of their big events back. And so I think a lot, you know, and all of us struggled during the pandemic, you know, regardless of size, race right. religion you know everyone struggled um so i think for for them to have kind of their community back i think was really really important for for them and i'm glad they were able to like something that had just started right before the pandemic it would have been easy for them just to say ah we only had a couple of events let's you know right. they were able to stick stick with it well just think about it. You, you think about the freshman 15 that you get when you go to college or away for the first time i bet you we'll hear more about the covid 15. I lost a decent amount of weight before uh, COVID. Uh, sadly, gained some of it back. And I think a lot, like you saw, a lot of people were in the same boat. You know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. But like I said again, I don't think it's about what you gained or lost or right. That well, type well, of thing. But like you said, the nature of the club. Because yeah. honestly, I mean, I, I get a little depressed that you know I gained some weight back, and it would be nice to be at someone where you feel accepted. Well, look, you know, weight, I, I said this for women, and it's true for guys, too. You get a stigma if you're a little overweight. And, you know, a lot of us have felt it, and, you know, yeah, it, it's tough. And I think so, that's what the group is about instead of, like, focusing on what you should lose weight or it's healthier to lose weight or whatever. It's like that it's kind of reducing that stigma of, like, 
people are just people the way they are, whatever size, whatever the scale says, whatever BMI says, all that stuff, you know? So I think, that, I think, and I think that's why it's important. It's, 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 it's kind of a good message for everyone, but especially important for, you know, people who, you know, kind of have been discriminated because of their weight. Well, it's fun because what a moment of stepping forward you can make when you go to the pool party, you're pulling that swimsuit and you're swimming and everything. Uh, I wonder, did anybody approach the photographer and say, oh, don't take my picture? Or was everyone feeling comfortable with that? Well, I think everyone is feeling very comfortable with it. But also, like, when we both, Brooke LaValle, um, the photo editor at the mm -hmm. Dispatch, she went with me. Both her and I loved the fact that, like, um, when everyone walked in, they were asked if they wanted didn't want their photos taken, both because of the paper, oh, but they plaster everything all over social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. These women just, you know, they're, they're amazing. Um, but they they gave a lanyard to whoever didn't, that said, don't, some, it was something cute, okay. it did, but it basically said, don't take my, I'm not comfortable with my photo being taken. Um, I didn't personally see anyone wearing those when we were walking around, but like they at least had that option for Good. whoever was walking in, like it was just, you know, I thought kind of a nice way to say so people didn't have to, you just kind of would have not taken photos of them. So, Well, and, and being part of the media, I used to cover a bunch of school events where it was so frustrating that they didn't tell you what kid you could take pictures of and yeah. they run and say, don't run that picture and it's so annoying. So, hey, I like the way they approach that. I did yeah. too because I've, I've also been in that situation covering schools and yeah. I, I worked elsewhere. I used to take some more photos too and it's like the one girl that I was I was writing, I remember one time I was writing about this, um, who is this older person, like 80 year old or something, who read to this mm -hmm. fourth grade class every day. And it was like, he always ha picked out a, a kid to hold the book for him. And it was always like very special to be the kid who held the book. And the day I went, the whole, the, the kid that was holding the book was the kid I couldn't take a picture of. The one kid <laughs> oh man, wow. I was like, really? Like, can we pick a new book holder? Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not a good photographer at all. And, you know, try to, our photographers would figure out how to make it work, but I was just like, I don't know how to make this work if I can't put this well, person. Anyways, I understand well, why they have those policies. It was just a weird yeah. Thing. No, I, I definitely get that. Well, let's talk about some other recent stories you worked on. Columbus Metro Park. So, like, you were about that. And you talked about um, some of the hidden treasures you find there. Uh, what stuck out to you most from the the parts that you saw or read about? Um. So uh, most of those. So during the pandemic. I'm not a very outdoorsy person, okay. um, but during the pandemic with a three-year-old, now four at home, we had to get out of the house. Yes. You know? Like, I think we, so I was like, there's these Metro parks that I've written about for years and never visited. Let's start going to them. And so we've gone to, I think five or six of them now um, since then. And I kind of just, you know, this was the, um, paper asked us to come up with some more evergreen content of like what things people can do this summer or just, um, or even in the winter, you know, the Metro parks are beautiful places to visit in the winter too. And so a lot of that I drew from my own experience of, cool. you know, you know, glacier, if you go up to Glacier Ridge, they have all these like cool little forts made out of trees mm -hmm. all. And I'm like, someone must've made them at some point, but they're like really fun, especially for little kids to go hide in and read a little book in there. Um, or was it, so that was a that was one like personally, and then um, we went out to the farm at Slate Run, which is no idea that existed, but like that was really fun. It's a historic farm, I think, from the late eighteen hundreds, and it's it's kind of like they have people dressed up like they would. They have like an old farmhouse, um, and but the cool thing is they have all these animals, and they when we went, they had all these baby lambs that oh, were just wow. running okay. around, and the one we saw was four days old. Like so, that was really fun. Uh, I'm trying to think what else was on that. Um, obviously, I haven't done this one. Um, but there's the big climbing wall at the Audubon, um, Sayota Audubon, that is um, massive and um, is really popular. Um, i trying to think what else was on that list. We should have refreshed the list before. Um, oh, and this is one that's on my personal list is I want okay. to see the bison at Darby Creek. Um, I just think that's super unique that we have just a, a bison. I heard a bison roaming around. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think my little one would actually really enjoy that one too. Um, and then there was one more, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Maybe it'll come to me. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. We'll have links for all these stories. Um, yeah. Allison's written a lot of great stuff recently. 
Um, yeah, take advantage of your local parks. I mean, yeah. this goes for Ohio, and who knows? You might be a Russian tonight listening, or one of my elitist LinkedIn um, <laughs> contacts is probably penning a response to Allison as we speak. Who knows? Who knows what might be the case? But yeah, I mean, lots of fun, free activities to check out in Central Ohio as well as other places in Ohio. Um, Allison, I'm not sure if you guys ever wrote about this. This could be a story idea. Who knows? Um, my wife and I, we were both off on Monday. Uh, kids were at school or well, summer camp over the summer. We're like, yeah, where can we go? Columbus Library. We're trying to save money. They have these culture passes. Also, I'm not sure if you heard about this. Yes, I have. We've actually taken advantage of them before to go okay. out to the conservatory. Um, yes, that's what maybe we that was not, No, that was the free day at the conservatory. But we have written about the cultural passes. I have heard of them. That they're like oh, great. super duper discounted tickets mm -hmm. to different places. Yeah. Because it's like so expensive to go like into COSI or conservatory. It's like 25 bucks. And that's if you just go by yourself, let alone, you know, bring in two or three kids with you or you know so those cult those cultural passes are awesome and i i do think that they're we have like i said we have written about them but i think they're people don't know about them well these expanded this year because i remember we took advantage of it last summer before covid in like 2019 and craig get this at libraries around columbus you go in you show your library card you could rent out this pass so they give you like a one-day membership pass you get to go a bunch of places. They had the zoo this year, also. It was crazy. So we decided to go to the conservatory. My wife's never been there before. We went, enjoyed ourselves. They gave us another pass. So they said, hey, you got 30 days. You can use this again. So we're thinking about taking our kids. And Allison's right. It for We, we figured out for both of us to go and our kids, it would be 50, 60 bucks. We saved that. And they said, hey, use it again as long as you use the next month. So... It's fantastic. So, yeah, take advantage of that stuff. We write about it at the dispatch and everything. Lots of fun th stuff to check out for free in the summer, which is great if you're trying to save yeah. money. Chris, how old are your kids? They, I mean, I love the concern. If we lived closer, I'd definitely have a pass there because it's – my husband and I actually got married there, too, in the Palm Room. So it's oh, wow. a Very special cool. place for us to go. But, yeah, I love the concert. And it's gotten – so that training – did you see the train exhibit that they had? Like that? Yes, stuff? yes. Super cool. Kind well, of fun for kids and adults. We took my in-laws there. Like it's a it's a fun place. I'll put this way: my wife was over the moon excited. I'm not as big of a conservatory person. Want to have a good, great day with her, and she enjoyed it. I'm like, I'm enjoying it because you're enjoying it. Um, to answer your question about our kids, we have an eight year old we adopted, and we're watching a fourteen year old right now. Mm -hmm. They both have special needs, so my wife mm -hmm. and I are kind of like, are they going to like the conservatory or not? We're not sure. I, yeah. I think the kids area they can probably spend the whole day there uh, yeah. there's a waterfall there, yeah you put your feet in that's nice. yeah no yeah. well my my kiddo is four puts her whole body i mean the kids oh okay <laughs> my, my, my 14 year old will probably put his whole body in. it's yeah. crazy yeah so yeah um so we have to kind of look at these things with a little bit different prism with the special needs where i mean yeah. a, a typical kid may enjoy a place more than a kid with special needs but yeah, we're looking forward, and we're going to try to take them back on an off day we got coming up too. So, very good. So, yeah, Allison, anything for you on Columbus? I'm all into reading, and I enjoyed that article. That was great. Always great to find stuff that's free or discounted, and that's that's yeah, one of those things where I think papers can really get involved in a lot more too to to let people know because you know, like you said, Chris, I don't think you knew about some of these things, and Allison, you said you didn't know about some of these uh, locations that you could frequent that are right in your backyard. So it's kind of nice to to be that part of the, the community where the newspaper, I think we really can take that mantra up of, of informing the community of what's out there too. I took this personally and also not in a bad way, in a good way, because it's something as a father, I've, I've had my mind a lot. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, kind of Father's Day feature around Father's Day, you wrote about how dads are connecting with the kids more during the pandemic. Uh, what do you see the challenges now? I mean, we're still in the pandemic. We got to be careful. But, you know, more of us are getting vaccinated. So the threat is still there, but maybe not as much as it was a couple months back. Uh, what do you see as the big challenges we're coming out of the pandemic where dads, we, we've got more stuff to do now? Uh, what do you see? Well, I, I loved what the one guy who started the dad asked or dad blank po podcast. Okay. You know, that, um, you know, he said at the very end of the story was just like, 
if you didn't take the time during the pandemic to kind of reprioritize your, you know, or look at your priorities a little differently, then, you know, you didn't do it right. And, you know, maybe that's a little harsh, but, you know, I, I thought that was a great point of like, maybe some of these dads who, and I don't really actually think any of the dads that I talked to, they all seemed pretty, you know, pretty involved in stuff, but the pandemic just gave them time to do a hobby and to, to do it with their kids, which is yes. what the, the article I wrote about for Father's Day was about, you know, kind of the hobbies that dads and kids connected with over, um, and some of them were really, um, really unique that they connected with over the pandemic. But, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of people are still working from home. So it's still giving yeah. them a little bit of that freedom. You know, a lot of people aren't, but, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, everyone took some lessons. I mean, it, it was such a struggle for everyone. I hope everyone kind of took some lessons of finding those silver linings or, you know, fi finding that enjoyment in your backyard of Metro parks and, you know, all those little silver linings. I think we've all tried to, tried to find during that, you know, really, really difficult year. Well, yeah, I think encouragement for me, I, I work on all of the websites in our Ohio group. And I, I think the good thing is we have deadlines, but I appreciate my boss saying, as long as you get your work done, it's okay. I and mean, we all work from home and we're permanently working from home. So it gives me the flexibility of getting up for five minutes and, and give my diary a kiss or whatever else it would be. So that's kind of helped center me a little bit more, which is really good. Um, how's it been for you, you know, your mom as a reporter? Obviously, there's print deadlines. It was it harder to manage it since you've worked a lot from home over the past year? Well, I mean, it was hard. Like, I luckily, with my kiddo's age and being in daycare, I only, we had eight weeks pretty much okay. that she was home. And my husband always works from home, so he was used to it, but not used to it with the, but we were able to, um, he's a college football writer. So luckily kind of March, there oh, yeah. was no sports happening. It was a little quieter. I mean, he, they, they, everyone is still trying to figure out what was happening with the seasons and stuff like that, but it, he was a little quieter. So that was easy, easier, but yeah, I mean, that's my editor was just like, if a story was due the next day, I'd just stay up, you know, maybe I'd take off from noon to three when she was yeah. really active and then I'd write from eight to 11 after she went to bed. So, you know, juggled, juggled it that way. Um, and the, like she went back to, she went back to daycare and has been in full-time daycare since. So it hasn't been as a, as a working mom, it's really nice to not have the commute downtown. Um, and also to, you know, right at five o'clock or even at four 30, when I'm finishing something up, I can throw lasagna in the oven. You know, I can get things started as opposed to pulling in at six 30 and then having to like, figure out what we're doing for dinner, you know, or you don't have to plan as much or, um, so it is nice or nice to be able to take her to school in the morning instead of having to like, um, or at least, you know, I do her hair every morning before she goes to school. Like, whereas normally I would have left the house at seven 30 and yeah. then would have taken her. So, so it's nice to kind of get some, some of those moments back. This isn't a critique of anybody at the, at the Columbus dispatch is Alan and Kelly um, the heads at uh, the dispatch do not set the parking rates, but we need to do something to help fix the parking rates. Maybe we need a big expose or something because if it wasn't for the parking rates, I love our office downtown. Uh, we had well, the that, option to go work there. That yeah. is that is what I have to say, but that is my that's my line in the sand right there. Besides all the benefits of being a working mom and stuff and being able to work from home and the flexibility and stuff like that, but until I don't have to pay $150 a month, like I'm not, going yeah. back. you know, it's like you, you have to help me with that. And cause they offered bus passes. They, mm -hmm. they set up a system before the, right before the pandemic, maybe early 2019, they set up a, uh, with this, with the city to give free bus passes, which yeah. is amazing. That's great. But like when you're a mom, it really kind of singled out parents yeah. when you're a mom who either has to pick their kid up by a certain time. And if you're late, you're paying extra or, you know, you have to pick up a kid that's puking at daycare. You have to leave right then. And I just didn't feel like the bus was something I could do. So they had me help with the weekly division for about a year over at this week. And I was working on their plant. They have a, well, the old um, printing plant for dispatch yeah. over in the west side of town. And I like working downtown better. The only thing that the printing plant had the advantage of. Free parking. You know, they have a big law around. You can just go there and park for free. Well, and, oh. Well, I was just going to say, when they sold the original building, we're all like, mm -hmm. it, it would be a hike for me. I'm in Northwest Columbus to get to the plant. Right. And I'm like, what is all the plant? It's free parking. It'd be less yeah. traffic. Like, 
you know, but you know, of course they just moved us like literally a block, not even. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you're saying when the old building Yeah, when they sold the old building okay. when they, they moved us, you know, we were all like, Oh, put us at the plant, it's free parking, it's easy to get, you know, it's just something there's like you were probably gonna say there's benefits to working downtown, some perks and stuff too, but you know, I don't think those outweigh right. Well, I, I probably think for the marketing side of the paper, I mean, we do a lot of great things at the dispatch, but, you know, two of the things we can offer that probably nobody else has is, you know, we have a lot of Buckeye coverage as well as the um, State House coverage. So probably especially for the State House, it's nice to say, yeah. well, hey, our building's within walking distance. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I love downtown. If it wasn't for the parking, I, I work downtown for what I do now, but it, it's, like I said, just the parking was a, was a bear. And I remember I was taking, I would take the bus down because there's a couple months before the pandemic started. I would take the bus down to the dispatch building. You had to get up extra early. You had to, you know, make sure you looked okay. You went to the bus, waited for a bus, got on the bus. It took 45 minutes to get from Easton down to downtown. So maybe yeah. for some late nights. It was tough. So. Yeah. Sorry, Craig, we're griping about parking. But no, that's... no, I mean, I'll I'll take our uh, strip mall parking that we have, although we have to fight the, uh, I guess, even though we're in a, a communal parking lot, the Rural King that we share a parking lot with gets to have their own employee of the month parking spot. So really? we get, yeah, yeah, we get uh, bounced out from one of the, uh, the front parking spots next to our building. But that's yeah, we've cool. never had any trouble at Fremont with our parking, thankfully. And I can only imagine it's a, a real terror when you're trying to go downtown to work and then you've got to pay for parking. I mean, is it, is it harder for, is it easier for you as a features reporter that you don't have to necessarily be in the office to do like your job as if maybe a breaking news reporter would, or do you still? Well, I still have to cover breaking news. Okay. Okay. But I mean, I think I actually popped in the, like I've been in the office like a handful of times since the pandemic because of the, our weekend shifts we have to do. Um, okay. We're the only, usually the only one in the office. Um, but like I popped in there on Monday midday because I was coming from another assignment in Reynoldsburg and was going to across the street from Thurber House right downtown. So I was like, I'll pop in and say hi. There was not many people there. So oh, I don't okay. know if it's just, I mean, we've covered basically the two biggest news stories in, yeah. you know, a century or at least, decades and we did it all from home so i think yeah. like the you know i think a lot of us would say we produced some of our best work under some of the most stressful um circumstances over the past year and we did it all at home and then you have the benefits of working from home you know there i think there's a lot i mean i i'm i i think it'll be good that we can like actually go back to the office if we need right. to for for days where there are those big news stories like with the micaiah bryant you know yeah. shooting police shooting right. um like that was that was happened right before we were going back in, and it was like oh i wish we were all in the office so we know knew who was calling who and that yeah. type of thing right. there wasn't that wasn't happening it, it, it would be happening more in real time um so i think that'll be good but i think yeah i think just the nature of i think people who do cover more breaking news than i do are they're grateful just to be able to get in the car and go to where they need instead of having to um, how we worked downtown is like they were on a different, the cars were all on a, the um, company cars were all on a different parking lot. So you had an eight minute mm. or so walk just to get the car and you had to sign it out and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So I think, um, I do think as a features reporter, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of interviews at people's houses that are all over town. And, you know, sometimes it was convenient to go from downtown. Other times it's, it's not. And, you know, I don't, I always felt like I needed to schedule interviews like in the morning or in the afternoon because like I didn't on my way home you know now I just feel right whenever people are available and um so yeah I just think it's I I think um I'm someone who likes the office culture because I like to chit chat but that's maybe to my doctrine <laughs> and I like the collaboration that can happen but I think the work from home you know is working for me or at least has for 18 months I was gonna say the the work for home the work from home for me has made me, I guess, I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever gotten into this, this laziness or malaise where you're at home and you, you feel like, Oh, well, I can take a break here. I can do whatever. Um, but from my, from my perspective, working at home has been harder than working in the office. I, I I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the only person that thinks that, but like to a, a large degree, it's been very hard. 
like I feel like a little bit less motivated when I'm at home because I can like look at my dogs or whatever and think, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can have a have a five minute like gazing into my dog's eyes kind of thing. Is it has it been easier for you to work from home or work from the office or do you feel like you you were still as productive working from home than you were or you know working at the office doing that? That's what you focused on for the eight hours a day. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think I'm just as pr productive or if not more at home um i also like i works from i was basically a full-time freelancer because i i wrote three or four stories a week for the knoxville news sentinel when i lived in knoxville and so i worked from home that whole time okay. so i kind of knew kind of what it was about and you know yeah i mean it, it was hard when i had a toddler at home with me too but and there's definitely i mean just like any days at the office, there's definitely, and there's more distractions at home, um, of course, but there's, like I said, I'd like to chit chat. So there's yeah. distractions, there can be distractions in the office too. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the thing about the office too, that like is nice. And I think that's what some studies and scientists have said, like about the end of the work day, um, you know, when you leave an office and stuff like that. But I mean, we were already getting so far away from that anyway, with yeah. assignments i mean i i'm always working in the evenings or weekends just depending on what's happening and what i'm covering like that that pool party i went to that was on the weekend so um yeah you just got to figure out how to i think the harder thing is figuring out like okay it's seven o'clock i'm still staring at my email because it's on my computer in my room right. like no right. just close it and don't look at it again the rest of the night i think that's kind of can be some of the challenge of, you know, like, oh, I just saw this email on my computer. Let me answer it right now while I'm trying to do bedtime. Like, no, we can't. No, can't do that. So, well, I think the answer works for me is, I mean, everyone's got to find their own place. I mean, you have to have that healthy balance. Like Allison said, you have to close the computer and say, hey, I'm here with my family. I don't like the idea. And I think back to where I first got in this business, you couldn't do anything. You had a big desktop computer that you were typing your story or designing your page, and that was it. And I like this idea, too, where, like you said, Alison, if you have to get up at midnight and work till 3, you could do that. Could you imagine if you didn't have any ability to work from home? You're probably not driving downtown at midnight, you know, heading to the office and writing your story, right? Well, that's why I think sometimes more gets done in yeah. some respects, because if I'm having that writer's block or that not motivation when you're sitting at the office, like at home, I feel like, okay, let me go take a walk around the block. I'll put in a load of laundry, you know, I'll yeah. come back to it. And then you put in the hour extra at the end of the day when you're, when you are, the juices are yeah. going and stuff like that. Um, sometimes it's like you left the office and you, that's where I feel like you do get a little bit more done in terms of, you know, you're able to, oh, inspiration is sparking me at 730 at night and I didn't work maybe as much during the day as I, I could have or should have. And then you're like, okay, let me just spend an hour and a half writing. And you, yeah, you can do that as opposed to, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, it, it was, it was very not, it was depending on what department you were in and who your supervisor was, it was pretty frowned upon to work from home on the regular. Right. Um, like I did it a few times when a sick or kid at home and stuff like that. But um, and. I don't know why, because journalism is definitely a job. You, you shouldn't be sitting at a desk in an office. Like even, you know, you should be out and about. And um, so, you know, I think it's, I think the pandemic was nice in terms of kind of changing some of those, the culture at the office that it is, you know, yeah. we, can, we can do this. You know, everyone has to continue to produce and, um, you know, continue to communicate about what's working and what's not working and, and that type of thing. But yeah. I was an editor for a couple of small papers once, and I was going to arguments with a publisher. But she would literally look at my reporters and say, hey, this person's not on desk that much. And I'm like, they're producing. You know what I mean? I said, don't look at it as a percentage of at their desk or outside the office. Look at it as, hey, she wrote five stories yesterday. <laughs> That's good with me. Or she's out in the community doing yeah, something. Yeah. Like, unless, unless you find out she's sleeping at home in her bed or, like, you know, doing something else. Right. Like, well, I, I'm not the type that wants to, you know, do a lot of research in that type of stuff. I, I look at it and say, hey, if you produce, you produce. You know, I mean, that's where it comes down to. It. And, if, yeah, if you didn't write a story, okay, yeah, we definitely need to take a look at what you're doing and what you're not doing. But produce, that's the big stuff. And I appreciate that about Gannett. I appreciate about about uh, people at the dispatch because they have that mindset. 
but they're sitting there, and a lot of them aren't going to be micromanaging you. They're just saying, hey, are you putting in the work? Are you meeting your deadlines? If you do that, you're good. So I really appreciate that. Well, hey, Alice, we're almost at the end of the hour. I wanted to ask about two other things. Um, yeah. You put out two tweets. Uh, I'm not sure if you're still working on these stories or not, but first of all, I like you were asking for people to help you like figure out what people are going to do with their mask and everything. Yeah. Have you gotten interesting responses? No, I haven't. Well, um, okay. one of our state health, the, uh, um, I don't know what her new position, Jackie Borchak, yeah. her, the, one of the um, state health reporters, she said she was making a quilt out of some of the scraps from her mask oh, that wow. she made. And I'm like, that's the perfect example of kind of what I'm looking for. But no, I haven't gotten any good, I haven't gotten any good answers. And I still do have some people that are like, well, we're still wearing them. And I'm like, yeah, there are, but I think the vast majority of us like just have this pile of masks now sitting and it's like, do we throw these away? Do, do we keep them for the winter? You know? So, but I was hoping to find some of those more creative things that, cause you, I, I, I thought of it just on my own. Cause I actually saw some donated at a goodwill and I was like, that's kind of, I don't know why you donate those, especially cause most people yeah. don't need them as much anymore or yeah, they're gross. If yeah. someone else has been wearing them a bunch, but, um, so that sparked my interest in it. But then I did, in doing some research, I found the New York Times did a story about talking to a bunch of different artists and fashion designers or just people in the textiles or all the different things that they, like they had different, like you could do artwork with it. You could, you know, use them as rags in your house. You can, you know, do all, all sorts of different things that um, um, people were doing with them. So that's why I was interested, but I haven't found anything good yet. So the story's kind of- Well, I was thinking too, I think one of the effects of the pandemic is it used to be, like I remember in grade school, I get perfect attendance records. Oh, you didn't miss class for three years. Good for you. But there's probably days I came into school sick. I probably should have stayed home. Well, you're not going to see it anymore. At work, they're going to say, go home if you're sick or anything. But I'm kind of wondering if you have a little bit of a cough or something. Maybe a mask would help you. Maybe not inside the office as much. But if you're running to the grocery store, if you got that mask on, even after the pandemic, maybe that helps. But you might only need one mask instead of five or ten, like most people have right now. So yeah, who knows? Should it should be interesting? Or or gift them to family members who are anti-mask. Wouldn't that be a great gift? Yeah, <laughs> somebody doesn't like to mask. You're like, hey, here's the mask. Ha ha. Eliminate germs from yeah. last year. Here you go. It'll be fantastic. And then the other thing, and I was fascinated by this. Have, you were looking for people who uh, are on MySpace. Yes. Have, have you found anybody yet, or is that harder than it seems? I, so I, someone I talked to for the Father's Day story, he has a joke, is on MySpace, but I obviously okay. can't use him as a source because, um, and he said he doesn't, they're just on it as a joke, so he's, like, not active on it or doesn't connect, like, has no connections or anything, but, um, yeah, I guess it's still a thing. It looks totally different. Okay. Um, it almost seems like, well, I guess it was always kind of for music. I don't know, but but I'm hoping to still do that story. I just I got to see if um, the if Chandler or so, someone at the dot will post that on our the dispatch face. I just post put it on my personal Twitter and Facebook page. But maybe if I think sometimes I have good luck when the dispatch puts something on their Facebook page because they they I mean I I don't know how many followers does, do we have on Facebook like. 100 over 100,000. Oh, yeah. So um I'm well, I'm I'm still hopeful to do that story. So if you know anyone in my space Yes, definitely, definitely. Um well I I, I think I took a look at one just for a lark. I, I wonder how many people are still on it and can you post updates or cuz I remember MySpace it was almost like you were programming pictures on a page. It wasn't yeah, like you could just post really... like hey, I wrote the story check it out or something. No, it was very not user friendly. Yeah. And yeah, because I was on it back in the day. I don't know, right after I took my first, like, right after I took my first newspaper job was when it came out. And it's like Facebook has, has always been way better. And then Twitter yeah. and so it's like MySpace was, I had a page for like a year maybe and never did anything with it because it was so hard to use. But that's why I'm super interested to find, see if people are still using it. So. We got us Craig. You know anybody saw MySpace? No, I don't. I don't know anybody on MySpace. I wasn't really until I saw Allison's tweet. I wasn't really aware that it I still know. existed. I wasn't aware um, either. I did have MySpace once upon a time, but 
I, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, is this like to the level of parlor where only like a niche group of people oh, are going to yeah. get on MySpace? I mean, or is it? I don't know. That's what I'd be interested be in if, if it's like, you know, just musicians or something. Because it looks like, like I said, it was a lot of music stuff and videos. And so I, I don't know. And I, I started, I, I haven't had time because it kind of like, if I had gotten a bunch of people right away or even just two or three is all you really need, then yeah. I would have done, but I, I haven't, I didn't get any response. So um, I, I didn't do a ton of research on, you know, who's on it or how many people, are, how many users or anything like that. Well, remind me after we close, I, I don't want to border people with oh, work talk, but I'll give you some advice on how to get up on Facebook. Yeah, we do that. There's a, a trick you got to use, but remind me after we're done now, I'll, I'll let, you, let you on that. So, yeah, I don't know. Craig, I'm wondering about MySpace. Is that is that what's holding us back? Because, yeah, <laughs> I, I did notice that Allison won music. So bands are uploading their music. Maybe we should upload our podcast to MySpace. Well, that's, Maybe that's the, a, the one guy, the podcast guy from the Father's Day story was the one who had the joking well, link. Oh, really? Okay. We've so already tried. We've tried Twitch. Why not MySpace? Yes. I mean, yes. Come on, we've got to reach our audience, don't we? Here's a problem, Alice. I'm middle age, and I get wrapped up in these like things for a little while. Like uh, last year, I was big into cornhole, so we had a professional cornhole player on one podcast, and we had a tournament, a virtual tournament. It's so weird. I was in Columbus. I had friends in Youngstown, Cleveland. The professional player was in Georgia. So cornhole was a thing. I got on Twitch. I got all excited about that. That went by the wayside. Now I'm into mini golf. I, I, I got to talk to Craig about it. It's getting a little crazy right now. So I get made fun of every week on this podcast by you, and you're bringing stuff like mini golf and being obsessed with cornhole, and I, I don't say a peep. Okay? Yeah, I, I just know. want to let you know that's the difference between you and I. I could be making fun of you right now, but no. You know, I bear my soul every week on this show, and you make right. fun of me for it. I was I was thinking you were going to ask me if uh, Big Time Rush is on my. Oh, I'll, we don't. I will drag her into Big Time Rush. <laughs> that, that could be sad. <laughs> no, no, pretty much. Here's a problem. I'm 46, and thankfully I'm not doing the crazy midlife crises. I'm not buying a expensive sports car that I'm going to go broke. I'm not cheating on my wife or anything else like that. So instead of that, I'm doing the weird things like getting into miniature golf and Twitch. And cornhole for a while. I don't know. I guess it's better than everyone needs hobbies. Adultery. Yeah, it's better than adultery. It's good. So, uh, Alice, I gotta ask you. You've never heard of Big Time Rush, have you? <laughs> no. Boy, boy band from the uh, early two thousand tens. They were big on Nickelodeon. We, yeah, a huge argument about no, I must Big be, Time Rush. I must be week. older than you, Craig, because yeah, that was not my boy band days. It was a, well, I'm, I'm, I'm. Believe me, I'm. Well, you know, I'm a middle aged man essentially too. But um, <laughs> well, well, my boy band okay. days were early two thousands. I can <laughs> appreciate good content. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, it was good content. But let's learn a lesson from last time. We want to keep this to hour because right. Craig brings a Big Time Rush. Our guest was horrified, and the podcast went probably fifteen hours at least. So it was just rough. So, Allison, <laughs> do this favor. We love having you on. Please come back again. Listen to yeah, no, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Listen to the last episode. I can send you a link and let us know what you think, and maybe we could talk about it next time we're on. Oh, a big time rush. But please <laughs> you, know make what fun Guts, you know what Nickelodeon Guts is in Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes, that's my oh, oh boy. <laughs> that's All my right. change. All right, I'll see you. Well, right. I didn't have cable back then, and I had to watch okay. it at my grandma's house or my best friend's house. Okay. okay. Yes. Well, Chris has never heard of those shows, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of them. Okay, we'll, we'll ban Nickelodeon for next time we have Allison on. That'd be good. <laughs> I mean, it's not like having Allison on. I'm not going to ban her from the show, but, uh, you know, you guys gang up on Nickelodeon on me. Does that sound like fun? So, next yeah, time so. you're on, all the topics will be Nickelodeon. So we'll have, like, some double dares, salute your shorts, hey, dude. Love, salute yes. your shorts is my favorite one. All right. See, Chris, well, not move the odd one out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, let's okay. Uh, well, take care, guys. Well, well, else before you go, let's um promo um dispatch dispatch dot com. Check out for Lays and uh, Columbus News. Support local journalism. They've got great specials every day. So check it out. Click on it. You can read Allison all the time. You can read a bunch of. We have Buckeye beat writers covering the state house and everything. 
Allison, if we haven't already, and shameless if we haven't, we're not following you right now. How do we follow you on Twitter? Um, it's just at Allison A Ward. Pretty easy. The first, yeah, good Twitter account. I remember <laughs> the first time I saw you on there. I'm like, her name is Allison A Ward. Like I thought you were saying award. Like I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I miss right. It's my middle initial, but also right. like. My email address is just oh, award. So right. I, when I went to marry my husband, I was like, I better have an email address that's award. And it's just, Definitely. it's very easy and everyone knows what it is. So great. Okay. Well, that was the first time. I didn't know you from all. And I'm like, man, she is stuck up. She's like, hey, I'm Allison and I win awards. I'm like, oh, that's weird. But no, that's her name. So follow her on Twitter. Please send her messages about this podcast and send her messages when she asks people on Twitter what's going on. So. It'll be good. She needs ideas for stories. It'll be fantastic. So, all right, Allison, thanks for your time. Hang out for a second afterwards. Uh, I want right. to talk to you about the dot real quick. Thanks right. for checking out the Highland. Check our sponsors and everybody have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.